Well, you've heard the saying, haven't you? You are what you eat. In the health food world, there's always the latest, the newest, the greatest vitamin, protein drink, energy power pellet, something to make you feel better, look better, and live longer. I got people giving me the latest vitamins, protein mix, fat-burning plan. I don't even eat food now. I just take a handful of pills. <laughs> or it's another machine. You know, we were biking, then we're walking, or we're gliding, or elliptical gliding. Some of you have a closet full of machines. You're hoping just having them close will make you healthy. But you actually have to get on them. Well, it's true. You are what you eat. Now, that's true spiritually as well as physically. You didn't come to church today to exercise your body. You're sitting down. You came to exercise your spirit, man, to feed and nurture your soul. So God's word to everybody all over the world who leads in a church is feed my sheep. So it's true spiritually. You are what you eat. Now, it's pretty easy to tell who's been living on junk food physically or spiritually. You know, on a daily basis, how's your diet? The spiritual diet of your life. And if we are what we eat, how you doing? See, are you living on the breakfast of champions? Or are you feasting on the junk food of the world? That will decide how life goes for you. See, remember, you, you can't be healthy by eating right one day a week. You can't prosper by tithing and giving once every two or three months. You can't be healthy taking health food one day a month. It won't do you any good, right? If you want a healthy lifestyle, you have to eat right every day. You have to exercise regularly. So are you daily, are you daily eating the food of champions or just getting by on the junk food of the world? It's amazing what the Bible says about food. In Genesis 1, the whole issue of the choice of Adam's destiny was around food. In Genesis 2, God put man in the garden, and he says to him, eat all the fruit of the trees you want except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat that. If you do, you'll die. And in the same chapter, oh, Adam didn't last one chapter. Not one. He's eaten from the wrong tree with his wife. In, in Matthew 4, verse 4, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone. So the first temptation of Satan to Jesus was based on food. Now, he said, If you're really the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus' response was, Man does not live by bread only, but by every word of God. So a man can survive on physical bread alone. He can exist, but he can't live it won't be much of a life. You live by every word from God. In Mark 4, Jesus says, be careful what you eat with your ears, because whatever's coming into your ears is helping decide your future. So how's your diet? You know, let's have a physical checkup this morning. John 6, verse 48, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. So man does not live by natural bread alone. He can exist. He can survive but he can't thrive. So we've got to get some spiritual bread and nutrition into us. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life, the real nutrition. John 6, verse 49 following. Jesus said, your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, but they died. 
But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread. Forget that stuff you ate for breakfast. I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. And if anybody eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. This verse 52. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this guy give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. And the Pharisees choked. And then in verse 60, on hearing this, many of Jesus' disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about it, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? What if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you are spirit and their life. And the disciples gagged and choked. Now, Jesus wasn't talking about eating his physical flesh. That's cannibalism. So let me ask you today, how's your spiritual diet? Are you daily feasting on the bread of life? If you are, you'll have a healthy spiritual life, you'll have a strong and healthy future, and you will fulfill your destiny and purpose on this earth. But if you're not, just like physical food, spiritual malnutrition will begin to affect your life. You're going to get the wrong blood pressure, hypoglycemic, type 2 diabetes, You'll pay a big price for a lousy diet. Everybody would agree, at least in the natural, with that, right? Right? Some of you are living it. You know it's true. I've had a few friends who have contracted colon cancer. All of them told me the doctor said that at least one main thing helped it to occur. Years of a bad diet. And every one of them had to immediately change their diet or die. And folks, for most of us, diet is a choice. The thing about food is it doesn't immediately show up on you when you eat it. If you could see that candy bar on your rear end, the moment you ate it, you would throw it down and you wouldn't take another bite. You'd blow the button off your pants. You'd say, I'm out of here. You know, I was gone for three weeks around the world, and I went to the gym with Cindy, feeling just as normal as the day I left, and I got on the scales, and I had gained six pounds. Well, I didn't feel it. I didn't notice it. I didn't see it. But apparently, because at home I don't eat breakfast, I eat a protein bar generally for lunch and only supper, and usually just about 80% of the supper. Well, over there... You're with all these preachers and speakers, so every morning in the hotel they have a tropical fruit, they have pastries, they have eggs and bacon and sausage. It's unbelievable buffets. Well, shucks, I ate it. (laughs) And then then after the, the morning sessions, you have lunch with all the guys, and I ate it. And then at night after the conference, you have another big spread of feast. This went on for three weeks. I didn't feel anything. I felt like the good old Ricky G. I'm doing good. Everything. And then I got on those scales, and it told me the truth. You're getting fat, boy. (laughs) And I immediately went back on my diet. But I'm I'm trying to show you that eating bad spiritually doesn't show up the next day. 
It takes a while for that to show up, but it will show up. And there are people in here that have been 40 years from when they were doing all this, and now the bill comes due. Now it's surgery. Now it's a lot of different medications. Now all kinds of problems have crept into your body, but they've been coming in that body a long time. And now you've got to pay the price. I remember looking at my dad when he was 58 years old thinking, that's my future if I act like him. And I thought, I don't want that future. And I mean, I immediately began to be considerate about what I'm going to eat and what I'm going to do and how I'm going to exercise because I am not going to be 350 pounds. Is this, does this offend you? All right, it's a choice. It's not my genetic disposition. It's my arm. It's a choice. See, food slowly shows up on your body. And then the malnutrition, the, the neglect begins to take its toll. So we all have to deal with it. If you could see today the condition of your health 40 years from now, most of you would leave this room changed. You'd change your diet immediately if you could see it. So we make sure we feed our bodies three times a day, some more, but we can go weeks without spending any time in the Word. We don't come to church. We don't pray. We don't have any fellowship. We don't talk to the Holy Spirit. And if you could see the results of that 40 years from now, what would your spiritual cancer look like? Divorce, addiction, poverty, kids out in the world, screwed up life. See, a poor spiritual diet will show up. It will be seen, not today, but eventually it'll come out. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And if you're not eating of me, you have no real life in you. In John 4, verse 3, when the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had already gone into town to buy food. So Jesus is tired. He sits down on a well. He's waiting for the disciples to bring back a happy meal. And notice, he's tired and weary. That's Jesus. We all get to that place at times in our life, don't we? We get tired and fatigued. We're, we're doing what God called us to do. We're raising kids. We're serving the God the best we know how. We're building businesses. We're trying to build the church. And we get tired. How do you deal with fatigue? What do you do when you're tired? Will you decide whether you recover and whether you overcome and whether you live or survive? Let me suggest this. When you're tired, rest. Don't quit. People quit when they get tired. That's totally what the enemy wants you to do. No, 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 no. Rest, rest. Never make a big decision when you're tired. Never make one when you're mad as the dickens. Don't do it. You'll make a speech you'll regret. It'll be the best speech you ever made and will regret, but you will regret it. I've, don't do it when you're mad. Don't do it when you're all hyped up, whether it's marriage or a purchase or anything. Calm down. Calm down. Think rationally. So Jesus has been talking to a Samaritan woman. In John 4, verse 25, the woman said, I know Messiah, called the Christ, is coming. 
When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. In verse 28, she runs into town, brings the whole town back to see Jesus. Verse 31, meanwhile, his disciples returned and urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat you don't know anything about. Then the disciples said to each other, they're very discerning, did somebody bring him some food? These guys are as dense as your pillow. I mean, I figure if these guys can follow Jesus and go to heaven, I got it made. I, I, I say that to encourage you. I mean, I know we put them on stained glass windows in cathedrals, but let me tell you, the real story is they're not that pretty. They're not that good. So Jesus said, my food, my nutrition, my sustenance, my vitamins is to do the will of him who sent me and finish the work. What kind of food are you living on? Newspapers, social media, gossip, TV, CNN, Fox News, the telephone. See, it's not the groceries from the supermarket that are going to give you the good life. That's not what brings real life. There's a spiritual food that will help you get to your destiny. Verse 34 again, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. So Jesus got energy, sustenance, renewed strength from doing his father's will. We got to get beyond only natural food motivating us. You can be well fed on natural food and still be miserable, unhappy, and unfulfilled. Oh, but you're, you're well fed. I, I'm always surprised at the number of people who say amen on Sunday, but who live 180 degrees from what they agreed to on Sunday on Monday. It didn't change the way they do business. It didn't change the way they raise their kids. It doesn't change the way they do their finances. It didn't change the way they view life. And generally, not always, but generally, they drift into service during crisis. That's the only time we see them. They cry, they receive prayer, and they go back to the same way of life. They fight the same battles year after year. How sad is that? See, what you eat is showing up. I want to be fighting new battles, new issues, new challenges next year, not recycling the old ones 40 years over and over. Every time we meet you, you got the same sing song. You haven't gotten beyond somebody done me wrong song. It's like you, keep, you just keep rehashing it. You haven't grown. You haven't gotten healthy. You haven't gotten better. So you've got to eat enough spiritual food to move you beyond those old issues. Jesus said, my food, the thing that moves me, nourishes me, sustains me, gives me life, is to do the will of God. And that'll be different for all of us. When you get in on that kind of a diet, you get long-term benefits. They come. You get to live a long, satisfied life, and you don't have to keep going through the same stuff over and over. Let me pause a minute. You know, Cindy and I, this coming week, have been married 45 years to each other. 45 years. I don't know. How, it just, is that possible? By today's culture, probably not. Yeah, but I can tell you this. We've had our challenges in 45 years, but I don't want to go back and fight the same battles we fought 10 years in marriage. I don't want to fight the same issues at 20 years or midlife crisis for me. I want to get beyond that. I want to be in new challenges and new opportunities in the future. So we've grown past all that. 
in 45 years. Some of you need to grow past your past. You need to get, get on a good diet and get beyond it. Grow up. Get over it. Move on. See, you live, you, you live on a higher level. Your food is richer and more nutritious. Now, let me give you some quick ways, five of them, to eat the food of champions, how to eat from the tree of life. Number one, seek God daily. Now, don't get religious about it. Watch. Seek his spirit. Seek his word. Do it every day. Now, don't seek him monthly or bi-monthly. It's daily. We ask God for daily bread, not monthly bread. You don't bring the groceries home from H-E-B, pray over them in the car, and then skip prayer for the month. He wants your presence every single day. He wants relationship with you, not ceremony. Israel received manna fresh every day. If they tried to keep it overnight, it turned wormy. Some of you got worms. Yeah, you're still living on old bread. Maybe years and years ago, and it's gone stale. See, you daily seek God in His Spirit. I'm not talking about a prayer program. It's just a prayer life. Every day, every day I have something to pray about. There's either a church concern, financial concern, health concern, uh, praying for the kids, praying for grandchildren, praying for issues at the church or a friend in business or something. I can't think of a day I don't have to talk to God about something. Try that. How can you not have uh, some daily communication with the Lord? Feast every day. And then also be very grateful. Be sure you thank Him for what you do have. Thank Him for what He has done. Thank Him that He does care about you and He's aware of the situation. Just pour your heart out to it. You do, you, look at all the drive time. If you come anywhere near 281 or Marshall Road or Boulevard, you'll have prayer time. <laughs> you can either pray or cuss, but I would pray. I would pray. Number two, know the will of God and focus your life on it. Know the will of God and focus your life on it. Jesus said, my food, my nutrition, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me. If you've been saved a long time, you must and you can know the will of God for your life. Can I say that if you're an adult and you've been saved a long time, the only reason you don't know the will of God is you don't want to. See, do you really want to know? Because if you know you're accountable and you've got to do something, and it's a whole lot easier to say, I just don't know what God wants me to do. Now, many don't want to know. You know, watch your kids play dumb. I didn't know. I didn't hear you say that. I forgot. See, their way of not being accountable to the will of the Father is to act like they don't know. And a lot of Christians are like that. They don't know because they don't want to know. Finding God's will is not that hard. First, what's the deepest desire of your heart? God uses that desire to direct you. He's not going to direct me into something I hate. Number two, what stirs passion in your life? <clears throat> if you don't know what your purpose is, follow your passion. It'll lead you right into your purpose. Always will. You know, I, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to say this. Life is just filled with dial tone people. Hi. Hi. Where, no, aren't you passionate about anything? Nothing? I mean, I don't want you on this platform 
it, I don't want you to get up and read your little smartphone for an offering or for something. And I thought, dear God, they're stumbling all over the place. Get some, get a fire in your rear end or stomach. Do something. Say, get a little passion. When you communicate truth, put some passion. When you sing, put passion in it. Move around. Lift your hands. I always wondered, I came out of the rock and roll, I always wondered how when Jesus saved people, they suddenly turned into statues. Musicians, singers, move, get loose. Some of you could get down to a Texas bar and do a two-step, and we'd say, my God, that's Sally. Come to church, you look like a wooden Indian. Get, get some passion in what you do. Passion attracts people. Passion captures my heart. It pulls me. You know, if you don't like what you do, do something else, but be passionate about it. I love people who are passionate about what they do. You want to be around them, even if you don't need it. I want them to do my nails because they just, that's all they can talk about in the latest technique and design. You want that kind of a person around you. You know they're going to be good because they love it so much. Love what you do. See? Number three, what flows naturally out of you? You might not even know how you do it because it's so natural, because it's a gift. You're just good at it, but you don't know why you're so good at it because it just comes natural. It's like putting your little Labrador retriever in the pool. They just go. God made them to go. It comes, they didn't get a seminar. It just comes natural, right? Yeah, I hope somebody said, you guys upstairs listening? You okay up there? Yeah, I know. I, I got my eye on you. I can see you. All right. As far away as you can get. Okay. Don't worry, we can open those drapes and you can go further up there. Number four, what's the witness of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is always saying yes and amen when I'm on track with God's will. So Jesus said, my food, my nutrition, my substance is to do the will of God. And I'll tell you why some of you are struggling for energy, why you don't feel like it. The reason you can't find energy is because you're not on course with God's will for your life. You're out of it. And you can't feel good. And you don't have energy in life. I mean, I get up every day with something to live for, something to press towards. Every day. I love life. I love breathing. What do you want people to say at your funeral? Look, he's moving. I'm not, I'm not looking to fly away. I got a great life on earth, and I love living and breathing air. I want to make some difference here for crying out loud. Well, I'm just looking for retirement. Oh, go ahead and drool on your tie. Who cares? Retirement. What a goal. Well, I finally paid off the house. What a goal. You got to live for something beyond that for crying out loud. Or then all it'll be is, well, the doctor said I got rumabago. I got diflugus of the new gag. He's giving me some more medicine. And it's just you and going to the drugstore and getting your new medicine, seeing that I got some gout down in my leg now working. Who wants to be around you? Better yet, who wants to sleep with you? I doubt your spouse does. That's a good time to call in the dog, yeah. Give, give me something without gout I can hug. Okay. I mean, I'm playing a little bit with you. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of God. You're not eating the right food. Hey, when you're doing what God calls you to do, you ain't drooling on your tie. There's some vitality in you, some vigor in you. you you're doing exactly what God made you to do, and you're doing it well. 
Third, decide to finish what you start. Decide to finish the work. My food is to do the will of God and finish it. How can a couple get a divorce after 35 years of marriage? What is it you can't work out? Sit down here, young lady. Sir, stay in that chair. Now let's talk this out. What is it that you can't get through after all this time? It, it's easy to quit. Look, you can trade in the model and get a new chassis, male or female, but they're still sinners. They're still broken, and it won't take long before the same problem emerges that you ran from. If, if it were true that by swapping models and chassis, I could have a happy life, Hollywood would be bubbling with joy. But it doesn't work. So somebody has to be smart enough to say, that can't be the answer. Not, no. And we've all thought about, Cindy's thought about throwing me out of the back of a truck many times, I'm sure. <laughs> 45 years of marriage, it ain't easy. And what, you think, you think being buff or being hot has kept us together? I, <laughs> I don't think so. I got out of the shower today and I thought, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm trying to say it's commitment. I'm, I'm determined to finish this thing I got started. You lack the biblical concept, I'm going to finish. So we drop out of marriage, we drop out of school, we drop out of church. We haven't been properly raised or taught to finish. Teach those little children to finish it. If they make a six-week promise, they finish it. If they start a project, you finish it. If you break open a puzzle, you ain't putting it back till you finish. Make them learn to finish. Because marriage means nothing, contracts mean nothing, people's word means nothing today. In government, everybody lies. It's like, can, can anybody give their word and keep it? I said I would, I will, to my own hurt. I've had to pay thousands of dollars to keep my word when it wasn't my fault, but I gave my word and I had to pay. And I could have run away and said, well, it's not my fault. No, it's my responsibility. It wasn't my fault, but it is my responsibility. So do what you said, like you said, when you said you'd do it, and you'll build a good following, especially in business. And sometimes you have to eat it to your own hurt, but long term, it pays big dividends. You do what you, keep your word, finish what you started. I'm trying to say it's not emotion and feeling, well, I guess if I had a wife like Cindy and she treated me like she, you don't go home with me. You don't know how she treats me. <laughs> well, it'd be easier to live with her. Oh, you really think so? What's that program, Wife Swap, whatever it is, you don't try that one? Shoot. No, I don't want to do it over again either. I get, let's get a divorce after 45 years. Shoot, I ain't dying. My, I'm not dying to myself anymore. That's it. This is it. This is it. I can't go through that again after half a century. And some of you, how many of you have been married 50 years? Anybody? Look at, look, look at that. Look at that. Wow. So you guys, you guys would agree with me. It isn't easy. And you had other options. And we're not stupid. I mean, we, we could, thoughts cross our mind. We're normal. But we made a commitment. And we stick to the commitment no matter what. That, that is what is biblical. If God made you a promise, he will never break his word. Never. No matter what happens, you can count on it. So when you're committed to finish, you get energy because now I got no options. When you're committed to finish, to find the will, the energy, and the resources necessary, you get it. 
Sports psychologists tell you the only men and women that can run an Ironman triathlon have already decided to finish. Not win, finish. They never ask themselves halfway through, how do I feel? Because you feel terrible. If you ask me on any given day or moment, how are you feeling? You might not want to hear what I say. But that feeling has nothing to do with it. What are you committed to? Now, I can give you an answer to that. See, quit living by feeling and start living by commitment to finish what you started. My food is to do the will of God that sent me and to finish. Fourth, get vision for your life. That's nutritional. John 4, verse 35, lift up your eyes. Look on the fields. They're white to harvest. So energy, strength, spiritual food comes from vision. And vision will give you long life and endurance. The Bible says where there's no vision, people die young, cast off restraint live undisciplined. Where there's great vision, people do great things. What's your vision? Discipline doesn't come out of, uh, of legalism and rules. Discipline comes out of vision. If you don't have vision, then you thought, what the heck? It doesn't matter. But if I have a vision to win a gold medal, then I'll do without the chocolate cake. I'll run on a cold morning when I'd rather sleep in the bed. I'll do what's inconvenient and what I don't want to do because I want that vision. I want that goal more then I care about how much pain I have to go through right now. And that's true in marriage or life or business or health. What price are you willing to pay? There's no Kmart blue light markdown special on a great life. You got to eat for it. You got to make some choices for it. Hang around people with vision. You, you, you've got to have a vision that pulls you into the future. Because where there's no vision, people sit around, overeat, watch too much TV, get old, die young. No vision. They got talent. But no vision. I still see a better us yet. Sometimes it's hard, but I do. I don't want to leave this earth till I pull, rip those curtains down and see all 5,000 seats full and the parking lot expanded and the youth building built and the gym. You said, is that still on your mind? Are you kidding me? That's all I think about. Yeah. And then you got half the people that won't show up but once a month. Then you got about 80% who won't even give a dime to help anything. They can't see the big vision God has for our lives and for the kingdom. They, it's too small. It's just too small. Number five, here's the last one. Expect supernatural harvest. Expect a supernatural harvest. Verse 38, I sent you to reap, Jesus said, for that for which you have not labored. If you feast on the food of champions, you'll have a harvest you didn't work for. Jesus said, I'll give you. Wells you didn't dig, vineyards you didn't plant, houses you didn't build. He promised you that. If you thought when the favor of God is on you, you reap where you didn't even sow. What an incredible blessing. So I want you to prosper. I want you to have God's best. I want you to live a long, healthy life. I want you to be an example of Jesus to this generation. And if you'll eat this kind of a food, life is good. If not, We'll be continually praying for your health, fighting for your marriage, fighting for your kids. See, we got people in here going through marriage trouble. They show up maybe once a month. And I'm thinking, you're malnourished. You're not unloved by Jesus. You're not worth less than anybody else. You're sick. You just are not healthy. And here comes the problems. See, I want to be healthy. I'm 75 years old. Soon will be 76. My dad, in two weeks... It'll be 100. You said, oh, God, he's going to be around a long time. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. And I'll be in better shape than him. 
But what keeps you young? What keeps that testosterone moving? What keeps uh, uh, the immune system working? Vision. Passion for life and vision. I see something better, but I don't have it yet. And I want it. And that keeps you alive. You retire. I'm going to retire. No, you're going to die. That's what's going to happen. You're going to get all the plagues of Egypt. You'll probably live three to five years with all the diseases of Egypt. And nobody will care because you've got nothing to live for. Retirement is not a biblical goal. That is an American culture that is not biblical. When am I going to retire? When I die. So if, if the plane goes down over Italy or South Africa, Australia, you say, well, Rick's retired. He is now. Yeah, he is now. So let's commit together to eat good food and do it daily. Get yourself in here. It's, God will speak to you a number of ways through his word. I'll, I'll, I'll say something that has no application to what I'm saying, but God will apply it to you through his word. It can come through a friend. It, I've watched a movie and had God speak to me. I've, I've listened to a conversation and had God speak to me. God is speaking. You say, well, I got to have some prophet. No, you don't. You got 66 books of that Bible. God speaking. He's speaking all through thy word. Have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee? You, if you get that word in you, God's speaking to you all the time. He's barking at my conscience. He's barking. Watch out now. That's unethical. Don't do that. How, how am I being constrained? By his word. By his word. Get that word in you. It's nutritious. It'll keep you safe. It'll help you make an integrous decision. It'll keep you out of a pit. It won't be a perfect life, but it'll be a good life. And if you don't know anything, you're just going to bounce around like a tumbleweed, blowing everywhere the wind blows. Well, let's try this church. Let's try another pair of underwear. Let's try another spouse. I've heard it all. He that does the will of God abides forever. I have never moved from a church once except when God moved me to another state in a career. That was it. I'm not a church hopper. I plant myself. I know where God has put me. Now I'm going to throw my resources, my time, and my talent right there. Come hell or high water, live or die, sink or swim, I'm in. I'm committed to make it great. If everybody had that, we'd have great churches everywhere. Not just a few. We'd have great churches, right? So seek God daily and live a long, successful life. Last thought. Back when the telegraph was the fastest method of long-distance communication, a young man applied for a job as a Mars code operator. Answering an ad in the newspaper, he went to the office address that was listed. When he arrived, he entered a large, busy office filled with noise and clatter, including the sound of a telegraph in the background. A sign on the receptionist counter said, applicants, fill out this form, wait until you're summoned to enter a special office that was down the hall. The young man filled out his form, sat down with seven other applicants in the waiting area. After a few minutes, the young man stood up, walked across the room to the door of the inner office, and walked right in. And naturally, the other seven applicants perked up wondering, what's this guy doing? They muttered among themselves. They hadn't heard anybody summons anyone. They assumed the young man, just out of his own impulse, made a mistake and would soon be disqualified by just barging into the office. Within a few minutes, however, the employer escorted the young man out of the office and said to all the other applicants, gentlemen, thank you very much for coming. The job has been filled. The other applicants began murmuring and said, hey, wait a minute. He was the last guy to come in. We never even got a chance to be interviewed, yet he got the job. That's not fair. 
And the employer said, I'm sorry, gentlemen, but all the time you've been sitting out here, the telegraph has been ticking out this message in Morris Code. If you understand this message, come right in. The job is yours. None of you heard it. This man did. The job is his. Now, we live in a world that's full of noise and clatter and distraction, and people can't hear the still, small voice of God as he speaks in creation, as he speaks in scriptures, as he speaks through the life and work of Jesus. Are you tuned in to God's voice? Do you hear him when he speaks to you? Are you listening? The Father says, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. So seek God daily. Know the will of God and focus your life on it. Decide to finish the work. Don't be a quitter. Finish. Get clear vision and expect a supernatural harvest. For more information on Summit Christian Center, visit summitsa.com.